0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Run. As always, I'm Chris Thomas, and alongside me is my co-host, Holden Velasco. And we're excited to be bringing you some basketball content once again. Uh, we're excited to be back. You know, we were on a week hiatus because uh, of All-Star work and everything, but it feels good to be back. You know, we got a lot to talk about. But first things first, Um, just want to address something real quick. We at uh, The Run, we are excited to be uh, announcing our new partner partnership with HoopTimes.com um we can't wait for what's in store and uh also we're grateful for our time at uh, with hardwood and hollywood um nothing but uh great uh, great times we have with them and uh with HoopTimes.com, we're excited to be partnering with them because they're going to be providing some insightful basketball content um uh each week and uh it's definitely something for you avid basketball fans to go check something great for you avid basketball fans to go check out um some great reads we're going to have on there and yeah it should be fun and uh Let's get started, Holden. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, first things first, biggest news of the week: um, how Lebron James. Obviously, he got injured in uh, yesterday yesterday afternoon's game against the Atlanta Hawks. He took a pretty hard hit to his ankle, and uh, after an MRI, it was found, discovered that he has a high ankle sprain, which will uh, have him out for the foreseeable future. So, with Lebron's injury, how does this impact the Lakers going forward? So obviously, if Anthony
1: Davis was healthy, this wasn't this wouldn't be as big of a deal. But Anthony Davis is also out for at least one more week, and that's the absolute bare minimum because he's going to be reevaluated. So by some miracle, miracle I can speak, some miracle, he's actually fine. Then, okay, you still have a week with Anthony Davis, and now you have just Anthony Davis. Um, but it's probably not going to be just one week he's out. He's probably going to be out for two more, let's say. I think that's a fair assumption. So the Lakers right now are third place, 28 and 14, 2.5 behind first place. The eighth seed, which is the Mavericks, are 21 and 19, which is six games behind the Lakers. And then because, you know, they're going to have to play in. So you could be 10th and still make the playoffs potentially with the whole playing system. That's the Grizzlies at 19 and 20. And they are only, oh, quick math, seven and a half games behind the Lakers. So it's going to be tough. They also have some tough games coming up. They're not just playing randoms. No, they're playing tough teams. They got the Suns, the 76ers, and the Bucks on March, and then right out the gate in April, they got the Clippers, Raptors, and Heat. So they got they got some tough games coming up too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, what's it called? Uh, I like how you excluded the Knicks in there. You think that's not a tough matchup? They got right no, the no, because I'm
1: naming teams that are like potentially top three in their
0: conference. Raptors Obviously, are top three. Listen,
1: listen, no, 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 but the Raptors and Heat is just it's so close. But the thing is the Knicks it's just their own defense. It's just defense. The Raptors and Heat they're more well rounded. And the Heat are the all defending right. Eastern all Conference right. champions. Come on.
0: All right, all right. No, obviously I give it to my <laughs> but like I don't know, That's the Toronto one got me a little bit. They can like... be
1: they can be dangerous. All right, all right. But we'll talk about them later.
0: Yeah. No, and uh with everything going on, obviously you like you said that Anthony Davis for at least at the very least one more week he's gonna be out. I mean, they're not they're just gonna reevaluate him, they're not bring him back right away. Um, and like LeBron, like we said, high ankle sprain, that's usually like maybe three or four weeks or whatever. And since his age is at being thirty-six years old, they're gonna take his time. They're gonna make sure he takes his time. They want him back and healthy for the playoffs, right? So it's gonna be tough to see how that goes. But until he comes of Apologize for my dog in the background, guys. <laughs> my but cat's better.
1: my cat's back there. She's chilling.
0: <laughs> but anyways, um, now that LeBron's gonna be out and they don't know it, the situation with Anthony Davis yet, with the trade deadline approaching this Thursday, do you think that there are any specific moves that the Lakers should make that would help them help keep them competitive and afloat until LeBron returns?
1: Well, you see, that's the thing. I'm gonna say this too before I make another statement. If Russ can help LeBron because to my knowledge, I believe he played every – no, no. He rested only one game this season, which is yeah. crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. He's LeBron James, yeah, but he's still a 36-year-old man. Like, that's still yeah. ridiculous. Um, so, I think that the rest can definitely help. And I know Lakers fans are posting pictures of him, you know. The, I forgot what it's called, the back-to-tank, you know, with yeah. him, like the wires in his head, you know, resting, obviously. And some Nets fans have done that with KD, too. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything. But, um, yeah. But I think with the Lakers, you don't want to panic trade. Mm-hmm. let's see how this team does without lebron and ad because right. obviously they're not gonna be as good of a team no one is 20 let's do super stuff but if they can yeah. be 500 a little below 500 that's yeah. fine you mm-hmm. just want to make the playoffs at this point right you know what i mean yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah but i mean i think like what they should do is they should look into getting another guard i mean i just think that like with lebron being out like they need they they what without especially without ad like they've been working because they've had two ball handlers on the court at the same time with Schroeder and LeBron playing alongside each other in the lineups and then I don't know I just feel like that they need to find out uh, how they could acquire another ball handler just feel like the me- like in the meantime um you know while LeBron heals up and everything I I, I- but I just don't know who that player is cuz like the mar- the trade market this season it's just it- it's just all over the place cuz you don't you don't know like Who exactly like wants out or who which team is looking to shop players because especially in the eastern conference that's that's the one conference you would think you would be able to like get more trades from but with everything with the standings being so close like teams are confused as to whether they should buy or sell you know what i mean like they they don't know like okay should we acquire more players to um try and make the playoffs or should we just sell and just try to start a rebuild or whatever like for the raptors for example they were hesitant to trade Kyle Lowry because they still think that they have a legitimate chance to, you know, go on a deep playoff run with and then they're only like, I think like three and a half games out of like fifth place or whatever so uh, they, they they could, you know, very well be a legit team but then I think that's why they were hesitant trading Kyle Lowry so I think it's just hard right now for teams like the Lakers were looking to buy. Um, you know, like they don't know like exactly who their target can be. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think, like you said, if they can remain a 500 team, that's more than enough because who's there? Who with LeBron out and AD out, who's like the third, who's like the third best player? Like Dennis, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. So Montress Harrell. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can stay 500 in the Western Conference with Dennis Schroeder uh, as your best player, I think you're okay. I think you're okay.
1: It's not even the seating. It's just, it's just stay 500, you know, yeah, just chill. Exactly. You could fall a little bit, you know, a game or two below 500, fine. It's just being there in the same spot-ish when they come back. One of them comes back, which is probably going to be AD first. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And especially, like, all right, let's say they do fall in the stands a little bit. Like, by the time LeBron comes back with AD, they uh, by the time they're both back on the team fully healthy, let's say they're, like, ninth or whatever. Okay, big deal. You go win a couple games, whatever. Let's say you finish seven or eight you still play the playing game, you play a playing game, home court advantage doesn't matter for guys like LeBron and ADs. Like you got the, you got the team or you right with the right pieces around them. And then also like it's LeBron. Like, so like we've seen in the past, like home court advantage doesn't really matter to him, you know? So I think he'll do his thing uh, regardless. So hopefully it's just, uh, you know, he'll get healthy in time and uh, they can go on a nice run. So yeah, it's we'll definitely going to be that.
1: interesting to watch. Definitely yeah. going to be interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So now that LeBron is injured and obviously Joel Embiid got injured a couple two weeks ago, um, you know, they were both the front runners for MVP. I think Embiid was leading out, out, of, out of the gate um, right after All-Star Weekend finished um, and LeBron was second. So with the top two front with the top two candidates for MVP being out, who do you think is like the prime candidate for MVP right now?
1: yeah so Embiid was my pick and that was not even hesitance at all um
0: but the one man who did give me
1: hesitance throughout the season has been Jokic and I think Jokic is now the front one runner I mean you can't argue with the stats either yeah I mean I know if people play fantasy basketball yeah just look at the numbers my band is giving them it's ridiculous um, you can't argue with that. And you watch Denver, he is Denver <laughs> Yeah. in mm-hmm. every sense. And not only does he put up numbers, it's the way he does it. The teams, like in the fourth quarter, I forgot which game it was. He literally, they just gave him. And the team started doubling them, trebling them with three minutes left in the fourth. And no matter what they did, Jokic did something. Whether well, that was a right. hook shot, a pass, just setting up his teammate for an open shot. He's just ridiculous. And it comes out of nowhere because yeah. he'll throw behind a behind-the-back pass just like it's nothing. He'll turn around, do like a fadeaway, like it's nothing. Just so nonchalant to laughing the whole time.
0: Yeah. Nah, Jokic is definitely like the hard soul of that team. Like, I don't know. If you took Jokic away from that team, they're one of the worst. Te- I-, I think they'd be one of the worst teams in the West. Um, let alone the NBA, so uh, he definitely does a lot for that team, and he 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 needs more credit than he gets. Um, but for me, I know a lot. So I don't know if people are gonna come at come at me after this, but Damian Lillard, like I feel like he's the most underappreciated guy right now in the league, um, you know. And I think with what he's doing with Portland, especially like what they've done with the uh, C.J. McCollum, like he was out for a long period of time, and like now that he's back. Like uh, they're starting to look a little more fluid now, but I think if you look at the Western Conference standings right now, the Nuggets and uh, Blazers are tied for fifth place right now. So I think if you, if you have the Trailblazers a little bit higher in the standings than the Nuggets, like come like I don't know May or whatever, I think then you make you can make a legitimate case for Damian Lillard to be MVP because he's just been on a tear this year and like 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 I said what he what he did uh with cj out like that, that's like a big deal and like I, I don't know i just feel like we need to give him more credit than he deserves because he i think i feel like he's like the most underrated mvp candidate every year just because like how he like carries his team you know and like if you look at the stats like he's averaging 30 30.6 30. points per game four and a half rebounds 7.7 7 assists and like he's doing it all so like i don't know i just i just feel like he, he's that guy like he deserves the mvp what are your thoughts
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely a pick you can't argue with. It's just the fact that there's so many, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's like Embiid, Jokic, LeBron, Lillard, Luka. You know, those are the guys that are like the prime, and then you get into the Hardens, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I'm glad people are starting to recognize that Harden is a legitimate MVP (laughs) candidate. Um, But, you know, Lillard is something that you can't argue, you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Obviously, it's debatable when it comes into, okay, now let's compare him to other people. But in and of himself, Lillard is an MVP, But the problem, like I said, is there's just so many of those guys now. But let's say let's say the Lakers do slide, and let's say the Blazers make the third seed, something around there, then there's a real case where he will get votes for that.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. without a doubt, and like I think, like if they can. Uh, overtake the Nuggets and Lakers both who have the other two MVP candidates in the standings then why not like why couldn't he be MVP and I don't we still don't know what's going to happen with MB, like how long he's going to be out for because obviously with the with him being a big man and all like in with prior injury history like Philly would want to take their time with him. So depending on when he comes back as well and how he comes back, like, is he the same? Is like, is he still going to be that high MVP level player? Is they going to like take it easy with him, like in the offense and everything? So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to go into it, but I wouldn't, I, like I said, like, it's not going to be a bad thing if Damian wins MVP because he, he deserves it. You know, he's deserved it for a long time. Like, so I really hope that he could get it. But again, if Jokic were to be that guy also wouldn't be mad because he's, He's averaging almost a triple-double. Maybe – I think he is averaging a triple-double, if I'm not mistaken. But um, – so we'll see what happens with that. Sure. Yeah, so um, obviously Blake Griffin, you know, he's going to be making his uh, long-anticipated uh, uh, debut with the Nets tonight. I know you're excited to see what's going to happen with that. So with that being said, what should fans expect from him for the rest of the season? Um, at first,
1: I got a, a the 2015, 2015. 2015 playoffs shirt, so – I can also send you a picture of me wearing a New Jersey Nets shirt when I was in Jersey when I was, like, maybe five, honestly. I also have a picture of me playing on their old uh, home court down in New Jersey. So, yeah, I'd be called a bandwagon, and then i send them that picture. But Okay, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> um, so the Nets, I mean, it's interesting because the roster is built in a very specific way that's built around the big three, which is a bit obvious. But then you get down to, okay, so we have our centers. That's DeAndre Jordan and Nicholas Claxon. Then we have Jeff Green, who could play small ball and is a four or two. Now you put Blake Griffin in that interesting locker room. The way that at first, when, it, when the news first dropped that he was going to be signing with the Nets, Wolves tweeted that they saw him as a five ball option. So with Jeff Green there, that kind of makes it difficult because Green has been doing a very good job. As a five small. I saw
0: that firsthand against the Knicks the, uh, last Monday. He He's pretty impressive at the five. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And with Griffin, like I said, if that's what you want to do, he's going to see, okay, how do they compare? What do they give a difference? Does Griffin, say, have more independence on offense than Green? But does Green have better defense than Griffin? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to see how it plays. But then the problem is, okay, we don't need a five, a small five. So then that's going to be DeAndre Jordan. That's going to be Claxton then Blake uh, goes into that fourth position. And that's the case where it's like, okay, is he going to be starting? Which he won't and shouldn't be. But is he starting? Meaning, is he going to be with the big three? Because with the big three, that's – I think he'll fit better on the bench with just Harden, you know, of the big three. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you watch the Nets, Harden pretty much always runs with the second unit. And with that, he just tears up everything and just, oh, my God, beautiful playmaker. Yeah. Um, both Blake, it's different than DeAndre. DeAndre Jordan needs lobs. He needs putbacks. Blake can create his own shot, and he can shoot. Obviously, he's not like a 45% shooter like Jeff Green, but he's a solid 33% shooter. He can hit it on average, slightly below average, which is fine. Um, I think stats-wise, I would be expecting maybe like 15 at most, eight rebounds, Cause you know, we don't really have rebounds. Yeah, so yeah. rebounds are going to be a bit inflated and then some like three assists. It depends on how much who he runs with. Like I said, if he's with the big three, he's not going to be a playmaker as much, mm-hmm. but if he's with hard on the bench, then he'll be a bit more of a playmaker.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think like what I was thinking. what I was saying to somebody the other day is like, well, I think their lineup should be, uh, is I agree with you. He needs to come off the bench. So what they should do is they should start, Ky- I mean, whatever, Harden, Kyrie, uh, joe harris kd and jeff green i think that should be your starting five and off the bench obviously harden will be running that second unit whatever it is and then you got your front court's gonna be blake and dj which i think would be lethal and then whoever you whoever else you want to bring um i don't know tlc or uh who, i don't bruce know, who it, brown. You know bruce, bruce brown, brown bruce brown yep bruce brown <laughs> tlc uh where like, you can, you can Sham, do anything there. Yeah. exactly they have great flexibility and i think that's what's, what's awesome about it is because they, like you got guys who can do almost everything you know they can th- they're like 3d players in your second unit and like you know i've, I've been telling people this like landry Shamet, his defense is low-key underrated like he he, he, can, he he can, like, step up to the plate, like, on defense sometimes. Like, I, so I was watching the Knicks game the other day, and like he was doing a pretty good job on RJ on some plays. And, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty impressive. So they, they got some great flexibility with their rotations. It's just a matter of can, will Steve Nash make, make the right decisions when it comes to the rotations and, you know, late game uh, – uh, Russell, I mean, late game uh, rotation decisions. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I think a lot of it's going to fall on Steve Nash. Like, what, he's just got to be smart with his rotations. But in terms of talent and just fit, like, I think they should be fine. Like, I'm very excited to see what they're what they're going to be able to do. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to depend on the matchup. Because if you're playing, I don't know, Hassan Whiteside, he's the first tall person that came yeah. to my head for some reason. Then you're going to put in DeAndre Jordan. But if you're playing Robert Williams a third, then you're going to put in Blake Griffin. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. like I said, the main thing to watch is to see how he does the comparison to Green. I wrote an article about this at nerdfantasysports.com. Great fantasy sports content, by the way. Um, Basically just saying what I was saying. And then that was around the time that Claxton was finally getting recognition. By the way, Claxton, please recognition look at his numbers his per 36 is like 26 points i think 13 rebounds like three blocks three steals that was a while ago i don't remember this it was something like that take my word for it um but yeah the thing to watch like i said is just green because he'd be playing the same role as blake um but jeff is the better shooter but blake is the better playmaker in a sense of he can create his own own shot independently from big three so I think it's just – you have to watch that. That's the main thing to watch.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. I know I'm going to be watching the next game tonight. I, mean, I know it's the next game, but I think I'm going to watch the next game tonight because I want to see wow. how Blake fits today. Wow. So, yeah. New York's <laughs> team. New York's team. I don't know about that. But we'll see. If they win a chip, Aki can't argue, it. it's obviously New York's team. But that's a discussion for another day. But, um, you know, now that we're getting into – um, you know, the trade deadline's approaching, you know, the season's starting to like come around. We're gonna go into like a full swing now. You know, put everybody's uh playoff gears are gonna start to turn on and everything. Which teams do you expect to make moves with the trade deadline? And also, like, which players do you think will be on the move?
1: Andre Drummond, Brooklyn Nets. I'll start with in, the a tra- Nets. In, a tra-
0: in a trade, in no, no, no. a trade, this
1: because because the buyout becomes at the same time around as the trade deadline,
0: right?
1: right. So, um, my bad. Um, So we have 10 million ish in a cap right now. We got the disabled player from Dinwiddie, and then we had a mid-level exception, so which comes out to 10. Obviously Drummond is still in the Cavs, but no one is trading for his cap of like 30 million ish. I don't know the number. Um, So obviously that's something to watch. With the Nets, we have holes to fill, whether that be with McGee, Drummond. We finally get that solid five, Um, traditional five. Sorry Blake, you know we still have our small balls. Um, But another team to watch is the Celtics. The Raptors and I think the Bucks because they're all in somewhat of a weird place. Granted, right. the Celtics have been dealing with some injuries, yeah. but they're still in an interesting place. And then with the Raptors, the whole Cal Lowry thing—it's like, okay, do we do we want to keep this guy or do we want to finally give the gears to Boucher Powell yeah. Freddie? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the Bucks—they're just for—they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but. They're kind of I don't I don't know how to put this I want to say underwhelming, you know I don't know how to like word this yeah but not they're not as deep as you think they should be
0: right who's um, their best player off the bench right now Bobby Portis Bobby yeah, Portis I mean, exactly
1: I mean like I like I love me I love me some Bobby don't get me wrong <laughs> but it's definitely underwhelming yeah um, the PJ Tucker trade
0: helps. Right, I actually forgot to ask you about that. What are your thoughts on that? Is it a good move or a bad move for them?
1: I mean, you pair any shooter with Giannis, it's a good move. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say of the bet. Whether you want Giannis to technically play a center position, which, by the way, in NBA 2K is a cheat code. So if any of you guys play my league, just put Giannis at the five. Trust me. But Tucker is the best three-point shooter in the corner by far. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the numbers are. I think he's shooting like 55% from three in the corner, I think. Um, I didn't fact check that, but – it is ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually comical to the point where it's yeah. like shit he's in the court are you gonna make this anytime um so i, I like it i mean i don't have complaints because they're competing now yeah. so you can't complain about them
0: mm-hmm. for sure and i mean i i like i think that like you know obviously the contending teams in the east like we got brooklyn uh boston uh, toronto But well, that's the
1: thing are they because they're not playing like it possibly. i know they're not playing like that's it. what i'm like, saying but right yeah. off the bat is brooklyn blocks philly but then that gets into yeah. the okay what are we doing category which is right. the celtics the raptors the heat the knicks you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. yeah for sure and i mean i don't know they see the thing is teams are indecisive you're like kind of indecisive right now because you don't know like whether like you got to make a trade or you trading away your players like it's, it's just really confusing and um, you know, I think with the standings being so close, like, even the Hornets, nobody thought the Hornets would be buyers at the – would be buyers at the trade-down line, like this, like, this early on, you know. So, um, but we'll see. You know, I think uh, Philly is another team to watch out for because they're looking to add shooters. You know, they still want some good shooters around. J.J. Reddick's been a name that's been floating around a couple of teams, but I think him returning to Philly would be a great fit for them. Um, I don't know. And, like, if we took a, if we take a look at the West – I would say, obviously, the Lakers—they need to get just some good rotational player to fit in there, and give them a the scoring boost, you know, while LeBron is LeBron's out. Um, the Clippers, Clippers gonna be in the play, in play for a point guard, you know, and they, they, that's a position they've been needing um, for a while now. You know, obviously, Reggie Jackson, Pat Bev it hasn't been working out for them too well. So far. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry would have been. I don't know what the Raptors are gonna do. We'll see. But what's the
1: price? That's what I'm saying. Hey, you gotta get this guy with a Drew Holiday pick. Yeah. It was what, two, three first round picks? Three picks. My yep. God. <laughs> Crazy. Harden. I don't even get, obviously, you know, I can't really compare Harden to Larry, but yeah. just the pure price for that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I know. So, and that, right, that, you know. that
0: that that got me upset because that set the value for Harden's trade. And like Drew exactly. you know Holiday and he, was he's got a player option after this year. So I mean he is so technically he is on a two year deal, but still like I just don't think he, at this age especially, he's not worth three first-round picks. I think two max would have been okay, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the trade trade value for certain players now. But Kyle Lowry would be a great pickup for the Clippers. Um, I think that's like their ultimate pipe dream, but I think their second choice, which would be a, would be like more realistic, is like Lonzo Ball because I've heard that the Pelicans are con- like really considering moving on from him because they want to give Kira Lewis Jr um you know josh hart uh uh what's his name Nikhil alexander walker they want to give them more minutes so and i think with lonzo like he's been he's been balling out this year like he's having another great year shooting has gotten so much better i mean the other a couple weeks ago i was watching mike green um he was saying uh when lonzo missed a three he was like a rare miss from lonzo ball and i'm like a rare miss when was the last time we thought that lonzo missing a three was a rare miss like this just goes (laughs) to show you how consistent he's been and like I'm really excited to see um, him continuing to evolve as a player in these next two seasons or so. And uh, but I think he would be a great pickup for the Clippers because he still brings that defensive energy that they need. Um, but he's also going to contribute on on the offensive end as well. And he's like a legit playmaker. He's like one of the best playmakers in the league, in my opinion. So I think he would really help help that Clippers team out. Um, again, it's like you said, just the price. What's the price for him? Uh, we don't know. I mean, I think the Pelicans would want a young player, at least one young player, in return um would you have to trade pat bev's contract i don't know but uh maybe a pick or two i i don't think they have any picks to trade away though because they gave all that up in the paul george trade to okc but um yeah we'll see what happens you know i think there's a couple teams that are going to be in the in in play for uh guards or forwards whatever it might be you know so we'll see yeah no i
1: got the message of death by the way your internet connection is unstable from zoom i don't know if i paused Uh, for you but you paused for me but uh, yeah i think lonzo because that's an interesting thing how old is he 23 24 something like that
0: i think 23 is gonna be 23, 23 24 yeah. so he's
1: young you know and someone that young is going to draw on a price but like i said what picks do they have left after yeah. that mm-hmm. trade with paul george but he can still contribute now that's the thing too but the thing is the potential his roof is still ridiculously high yeah. so obviously they could demand more for that reason especially since that's a younger team the pelicans um you know he's a great playmaker he could shoot um so i think he he could see a solid player that can contribute it's just tough because of the pricing and they don't really have the picks at the very least and then it's like who do you give up what young players do you give up
0: yeah like, are you gonna give up like Luke Kennard? You just signed him to an extension. Like, exactly. Is, you know, is he worth giving up? And then, I don't know. It's just a lot of things. And also, you got to take into account Lonzo's gonna be a restricted free agent after the season. So whoever gets him, they're gonna have to give him a nice payday as he's deserved it. I mean, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be a lot of interesting things gonna play out this week. And uh, you know, I don't. I don't know what's in store. It's gonna be kind of exciting to look out for. But yeah, I mean, anything else you wanted to talk about? Because I think that's pretty much it, it, it. We had to cover.
1: Uh, no, I wanted to scream about Harden's MVP candidacy, but I got that in there a little bit.
0: <laughs> Yo, I just want to say real quick, shout out to the Knicks, bro, for staying 500. You know, let's just keep that. I just I just want to see them stay 500, bro. That's all I'm asking for. I don't want, you don't got to be like 10 games over 500, you know, whatever it might be, you know, like just stay 500, make playoffs as a low seed, you know, whatever it is. I just want to see some success in the garden. You know, no. Uh, after watching that Nets game the other night, I know they had KD and Blake, but and like also, mind you, we had six players out as well. But still, like I think if they brought that that intensity that was there in the game the other day, like if we got that in a playoff series, I know the Knicks would get spanked, whatever it might be. But if you if each game had the intensity like that, I think that'd be a really fun playoff series. And again, New York versus New York, like who wouldn't want to see that? You know so uh, but i i really hope something like that might happen in the playoffs but we'll see you know yeah
1: actually i want to ask you this question because it came up in the group chat before you know um would you be happy if the Nets won a championship
0: i mean yeah i mean i i i, I, I wouldn't be upset because it's new york you know new york hasn't had really much sports luck recently i mean outside of yankees the last, outside of the yankees, outside man, of I the, yankees. Think the, Gi- the giants were the last team to win a Professional Championship back in 2011, so in the 2011 season, which is 2012. But anyways, uh, you know we and and I think the last time uh, someone went to a, a pro championship was the Rangers back in 2014. They lost to the LA Kings four to one in the right. Stanley Cup. Um, but yeah, so we haven't had that much success. You know, I mean, it would be nice to see you know New York back on the map. You know, like in terms of like sports success. Um, but, like, that little – that Knicks side of me would be huh. kind of upset, you know, especially – I'll be I, – i'd give it to Harden. Harden needs it. He deserves a championship, like – he needs that, but just watching Kyrie and KD win one, you know, after everyone said that they were to come here and just getting me all hyped up for no reason.
1: Everyone, um, that was you.
0: <laughs> oh no, everyone getting everyone getting hyped up for no reason. I, it wasn't just me, bro. I'm telling you, there was a lot of people in the media getting hyped up about it, and that's why I got hyped up about it. But that's a story for another day. You know how.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. We're gonna continue the story.
0: You know not you. Not. Thinking.
1: I'm not gonna attack you. I'm gonna say what I was doing. I was always saying Brooklyn is low key an amazing place for them to come. We obviously have the money. We have the great culture. We turned around from absolutely just terrible losing culture to now look at us with D'Lo and Dudley dancing on the bench. Like, who doesn't want to be part of this? Granted, you know, those players moved on, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> we had a great front-off First, We have great amenities. You look at our training center. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, what's not the reason to come? In all honestly, yeah. we have great pieces, shooters, <laughs> 3D players yeah. to put around you guys, Um and when they came out, I, I was surprised, but I wasn't like, wait, what? Why? I was more of, yeah, I told you so. And the matter, I told you so as I gave out, forget about it. I think
0: you were, you were definitely one of the first ones, but so, oh my God. I'll never no, people, that what people don't understand is they signed on June 30th, like right after the, um, you know, the timeline opened up, you know, where free agents could sign or whatever. June Legal 30th, tamping period, tampering yeah, period. If you guys don't know, June 30th is also my birthday. So not only did they sign with the opposing team, they signed on my birthday, which made me horrified. Like I was just, you don't understand. When I read that first tweet, I was like, Kyrie going to Brooklyn. Oh my God. Cause this was Katie announced right after that on Instagram. Like, whoa, nobody broke it. Like he just announced it on Instagram and then it broke. So I saw Kyrie signing with a four year deal with the Brooklyn Nets. You don't understand my heart dropped. Like I literally, I don't know when I, I saw the phone. And I just dropped it. Like I, I, it was terrible. Like, that whole weekend, I was just so upset. Like, I couldn't
1: do anything. All Um, right. (laughs) Here's my story of how I found out. I was in my room um, playing video games, whatever. I was looking at my phone. I didn't know anything. Um, My door was closed. And then all I hear, my dad was outside. All I hear is just screaming. I'm like, the fuck? So I opened the door. He has ESPN on. It's Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I've just announced, you know, whoever it was. I don't know what the announcer was. And I was just going crazy, jumping up and down. I'm like, oh, my God, no way. It was one of the best moments in life. I'll never forget. We got ice cream to celebrate. Is that pathetic? Yes. Do I care? Absolutely not. It was one of the best moments in my life, which is kind of pathetic. I'll admit it. But it was just something. Oh, I'm just glad I, it. I was not a Knicks fan that day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't blame you for being uh, hyped up about that. You know, I mean, I think that if the Knicks had a culture like they do right now, you know, the, the right management, like if they had it back then, like at the same time they were free agents, you could make an argument like for them to like be able to come to us because like we had a legitimate coach, we had a good front office, you know, we were competitive. But obviously back then that wasn't the case. So, um, hopefully now we can stay like that. You know, continue to develop our young talent, and then maybe in two three years when you know free agent classes come up soon like I mean you have more people coming out uh, as free agents um, you know we can be attractive again I mean New York already uh, what's it called you know it speaks for itself already who doesn't want to play in New York but you just got to have a good franchise to like you know play with you know and I, I really think when Bradley Beal becomes a free agent in two years he'll have and we're competitive I really think a guy like Bradley Beal would heavily consider joining the Knicks you know what I mean like I mean would he definitely sign. I'm not going to say he's definitely a sign, but would you consider if we're competitive and we're a good team? Yeah, why not? So, I mean, hopefully we can stick that route and not make the same mistakes we made in the past, you know? And with that new management, I can trust them. They've shown me that I can trust them. So, um, I'm kind of excited to see what the future has in store.
1: It would be dope if we get an Eastern Conference Finals matchup between the Knicks and the Nets.
0: Oh, yeah. That would be, oh
1: my god. No, just, that would be terrible in the fact that I would have a heart attack every day.
0: I mean, for that to happen, we would need – the Nets would need to be number one. Um We would need to be, like, a seven seed, right? We play the two seed. Uh, we play the two seed. We beat the second seed. Then we play the winner of three versus six, and then we just hope the Nets are in the conference finals. Hope. But, hope I mean, they'll, they'll be there, hope. but you know what I mean. But uh, anyways, I was watching – uh ESPN the other day. And I was Stephen A, I know he gets hyped no. about the Knicks a little bit too much. He 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 gets very happy anytime there's an ounce of uh something good coming out of MSG. But anyways, he was saying the other day after the Nets game, oh my God, what's it called? I was just it was a beautiful performance. I don't care if they lost, they gave it their all, they came back, blah blah blah. And he said I, I found this pretty crazy. Like I, I was kind of laughing after he said this. He said if the Nets had to play the Knicks in a playoff series, regardless of what round it might be, the Knicks would – the Knicks have nothing, to, have nothing to lose in that matchup. Wouldn't you agree? They would, they would have nothing to lose in that no. matchup. Yeah. So if the Nets somehow where the series was tied 2-2, let's say it was tied 2 because that's the example he used. If the series was tied 2-2 or something – Stephen A was saying, oh, my God, I just don't think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they can handle the pressure of that. You know, what? I just think they I think they would melt under pressure. You know, I, I, I just think it would just be a tough matchup for them mentally at that point. And who knows the Knicks would even beat them if there was two two. I just like I was laughing. Like, I was like, I know I would love for that, no matter. You know, you know, I would love for that to happen. Like I would, I, I would just be going crazy. Right? I, can, I don't care if we lost the playoff series after that. As long as we beat the Nets, let's say if it was in the first round. I don't care if we lost in the second round. We beat the Nets. That's all I care about. But what's it called? Obviously, that's not going to happen. You know, I mean, I don't know what he was talking about—that melting under pressure and everything. But uh, that—that's just crazy. But. You know, I, I just, I, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I think I think the Knicks will be in the playoffs. Um, hopefully we get a Nets versus Knicks matchup because that would be so fun. And I know we'll be going crazy <laughs> every game if that One happens. One versus eight. One versus eight. I don't know, whatever it might be, you know. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely something to watch. But my blood pressure couldn't take it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man but yeah i think uh that's a wrap for this week's show uh thank you guys for tuning in um and like i said uh shout out to our new uh partners at hoopdams.com uh we're excited to be uh in business with you guys um and guys be sure to go check out our uh, awesome content there Uh, a lot of you basketball fans will love the reads from our writers writing staff uh, over there um and yeah i mean uh just can't wait to see what's in store for for the future and uh Uh, Like always, we'll see you next week. Uh, Have a great week and uh, see you soon.